Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hi there, it's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Welcome to the Mystery to Me podcast. I'm Anya Kane. And I'm Kevin Greenlee. And we love movies and television shows with a whiff of mystery. Mystery to Me will feature us riffing on murder mysteries, film noir, cozy detective stories, police procedurals, psychological thrillers, legal dramas, tales of teen sleuths, and more. Once we're done yucking it up about whatever we've just seen, we'll serve up our five-star final takes on whether it's worth your time. If you're offended by silliness, profanity, political asides, canine-related interruptions, and losers laughing at their own bad jokes, beware. Also note that some of the stories we'll be talking about are pretty dark, and in some cases exceptionally badly written. So content warning for murder, violence, suicide, torture, rape, racism, misogyny, homophobia, transphobia, and bigotry. If there's a movie or show you'd like for us to talk about, email us at mysterytomepodcast at gmail.com. Our show's take on genre is pretty loosey-goosey. So as long as your suggestion has some dash of mystery, we're interested in hearing about it. Spoiler alert! We're going to be discussing the entirety of this show or movie, spoilers and all. So if you want to be surprised... Press pause, go watch the thing, then join us for the show. Now that you've heard our spiel, go ahead and polish off those magnifying glasses and slip into your favorite trench coat. Let's get mysterious. What did we watch? Well, Kevin, we just watched Ambulance, a 2022 film by director Michael Bay. And of course, we watched it because you're a huge fan of the Danish original film, Ambulance Sin. A uh, 2005 film. No, I, I think you and I knew we had to watch it, knew that that was our destiny once we heard a quick summary of the plot. 
Hit me. What's what? What's the quick summary of this plot? A young lady who is an EMT has her ambulance taken over by two desperate brothers, criminals, who uh, who are on the run after a robbery goes south. Sound familiar, folks? Now we should be cautious because uh, she's referring to uh, she's suggesting that it's similar to. Something Boomtown! <laughs> but see, our episode's covering Boomtown. Boomtown, baby! It's back on screen! Boomtown the movie! Boomtown got, like, negative downloads. Oh, somehow, shit. <laughs> somehow, we didn't just get no downloads in the Boomtown episodes. They took away previous downloads. So I, I, I let the boom out of the box too quickly. <laughs> and we just went bust as a podcast. <laughs> You might say, God. But yes, there's certainly, make your little boomtown case. You're like, you're like, yeah, now you've gone all Hollywood on us. You've gone all Hollywood. Oh, you're, oh what, what's going to get the, the clicks, you know? You got to do boomtown because you just, because <laughs> it drove you insane and you need to talk with someone about it. That's why we talk about boomtown. This is our therapy. We can't afford a real therapist. So we just get on here and do this. So discuss the similarities between this blockbuster movie and a Boom TV down. show from 20 years ago that no one remembers. Okay. Yeah, this is allegedly based on some Danish thing. I'd like to I'd like to I'd like to talk with those Danes who did this because I think the producers of Boomtown might have something to say to them. Um So, let's see. So, there's an episode of Boomtown, a uh a early 2000s show set in Los Angeles following a, a range of different people, uh, you know, who, including an EMT, a reporter, cops, detectives, the uh, DA, or like an assistant DA. It's a police procedural. It's <laughs> insane. Uh, Lana Perilla is a, a nice EMT named Teresa, and she really cares about her patients. In the fifth episode of... Uh, Season one, All Hollows Eve, she gets uh, abducted because Nicholas Cassadine from General Hospital gets shot during a robbery. No, his brother gets shot during a robbery, and he he's making he's forcing her to save that guy's his, his brother's life. And they're just driving around. It's a hostage crisis, and the LAPD is trying to get her back because they you know everyone loves Teresa, and it's this whole thing. And this is kind of similar. This is actually like almost identical, except in this case, it's two brothers, but they're not they're not the ones injured in the beginning. Uh, the person who's injured is a cop that they've taken hostage after their bank robbery, and they want her to keep him alive because he's a pawn to keep the cops from, you know, just blasting them to hell. And uh, it, it it it's it's a Michael Bay film. Jake Gyllenhaal is the bad brother, and he he's he's acting up a storm here, folks. He he was a highlight. He's the highlight. He is acting like he took a he took like a bump of cocaine every five minutes on on demand. He's just bringing this insane energy to it. His eyes are going crazy. He's doing the Gyllenhaal eyes. I mean, it's just it's crazy. He's he's definitely the standout in terms of acting here. The EMT named Cam is played by Isa Gonzalez and uh, Yahya Abdul Mateen II is the good brother. He's a 
decorated soldier who is trying to uh, return to civilian work, which can be difficult for many members of the military, and he's trying to get a job. But the big problem is that his wife is dealing with a cancer scare, a uh, cancer situation, and they need to get her experimental surgery, but they can't afford it because insurance sucks. So he's got to uh, he's got to get some money. That's how he gets wrapped up in this. But in case you're wondering, oh, no, like, do they go too much into that? No. This thing gets started very quickly. <laughs> like, this thing this thing takes off running fast, and it, it doesn't let up. <laughs> like a runaway ambulance. <laughs> <laughs> So did you like the movie? Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was crazy. I, I I had so much fun. It's not a good movie. It's kind of it's pretty stupid. Uh, but I generally enjoyed it, and I like all the explosions and all the running around. And you're a simple woman. In I'm many a simple respect. woman. I do. And I, I kept just kept thinking. The only thing it lacked was they could they should have gotten Donnie Wahlberg in there. Uh, they they. They, uh, she was in Boomtown. Michael T. Williams. He was in Boomtown. Vanessa Williams. See, this is what Anya does after we see anything. She s- describes how it could be made better by making it more like Boomtown. <laughs> she also does that in a private life. Kevin, if you were a little bit more like Boomtown, you'd make me much happier. <laughs> <laughs> if you were... <coughs> you employed more non-linear storytelling and then immediately ditched it when the when things got too hot with the network <laughs> and finished my run far before my time but remained a bright memory for those who recalled you <laughs> for those happy few those band of brothers <laughs> I, I I enjoyed it. There's something likable about a movie that's not afraid to be very dumb in a very confident way. Had a wide variety of characters who were quickly sketched out, but even though they were quickly sketched out, they had their little uh, individual quirks. I enjoyed that. Yeah, they, they the, the there's a guy trying to catch them who's has a big dog. <laughs> there's a guy who's trying to catch them who is an FBI agent who went to college with Jake Gyllenhaal. I didn't really understand that part. It's like, he says, well, I went to college to learn about criminals, and Jake Gyllenhaal went to college to learn about the police. Like, what? <laughs> is that how is that how they do it? Couldn't Jake Gyllenhaal just have employed, like, read some memoirs? Or, like, you know... Yeah, that probably would have been... Why, why spend all that money? Is this how it works? Do FBI agents go to schools with the future criminals of America? <laughs> so then there can be an emotional backing when they finally face off. Makes it more interesting for everybody. It sounds like it would be a great series of children's books, a la Harry Potter. It's like four years of boarding school with the future criminals uh, being friendly rivals oh, no. with the future uh, law officers. Jake I'd Gyllenhaal. read that book. Jake Gyllenhaal was in Slytherin. <laughs> This FBI guy was one of those Gryffindor kids. <laughs> Jeez. Yeah, I'd read it. I yeah, and and, and Go write it up. And <laughs> just worst fan fiction ever. And 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 like they would and he remembers him. I feel like I don't you feel like, you know, you've been in college, I've been in college. Don't you feel like it would be really awkward though if like you were the FBI agent and they're like Oh yeah, that's that's Jake Gyllenhaal, and you get on the phone with him, and he's like, "Yeah, I remember you." And it's like, "Yeah, we we were in 
stats together? No, man, we were on the same freshman hall. It's like, uh, yeah. I, I feel like there's so many people I don't remember from college that I, it could lead to some awkward situations, too. So do you think there's a chance you may have gone to school with some notorious uh, criminals? Probably. And just forgot all about it? I just it? completely blacked it out, and now I'm ne never going to be able to capitalize on those connections. It sucks. Let's <laughs> go with Jeffrey Dahmer. Also, I mean, if Jake Gil Jake Gyllenhaal is his his father and his brother's uh, the adoptive father is this notorious sociopath bank robber. And so, you know, instead of like laying low, Jake Gyllenhaal under his real name went to this college where he studied criminology. Like he didn't think that that was going to like, you know what I mean? Isn't that kind of calling attention to yourself? And, and also, uh, the FBI agents, also, you know, Jake Gyllenhaal, I went to school with him. You know what? In the last uh, few years, he's robbed 37 banks. So we know he's robbed 37 banks. So he's obviously not that good at it because people know it was him. He operates out in the open. He has an office where he does business under his own name. So why didn't the FBI go and get him before he robbed his latest bank? Yeah, it's a, it, they try to answer that by being like, yeah, we were watching him, but we just figured we'd grab him when they came out. When he, when he came for robbery number 38. The first 37, we wanted to give him a break. Also, apparently he didn't get enough money in those instances because they're acting like they're desperate for cash for this one. So what happened to all the other money, Jake Gyllenhaal? Maybe learn how to budget. Would you love to see, like, a Michael Bay movie about accounting and budgeting? Yeah, just, like, him trying to figure out why am I... <laughs> why can't I make it last? It, it, oh, it's, so, it's so silly. And then, of course, the EMT, she's a cynical broad, you know, because she doesn't check in on her on her patients after she uh, puts them in the hospital. And, you know... I mean, when, when, you should phrase that more carefully. <laughs> then, like, she fights them. And then she puts them in the hospital. You know, it's what like she I goes mean. to accident scenes. God, you're so PC. Language police. Let's, let's see how cynical you are. You're, you're a reporter. You talk to a lot of people for your stories. After the story's out, do you like a month, a year later say, hey, how are you doing? I mean, in some instances, I mean, I think it's it's okay to make human connections on the job. But when your job is something as high stress as, you know, people are getting mangled in car accidents and I need to rush into the hospital. I think that would become completely overwhelming if you became so emotionally invested in every single case. Like you need to be a professional, I think at the end of the day and be able to kind of walk away from it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think that's, I don't, the, the movie seems to think like she needs to open up to these people. But so, I, th so this I, is, I don't think that's a good. So this is your ode to coldness. You, you know all about <laughs> your salute, that. Your salute to isolation. Do you think that somebody who's working in that environment would do well to make intense emotional connections with every single person they the, encountered? The film. Or would you prefer the person who's supposed to be taking care of you to have a professional detachedness so they can separate their emotions from their work and take better care of you? The film seemed to posit all these awful things that happened really were kind of worth it because it was a life lesson to this EMT to teach her to open up a little bit. Yeah, more. that was great at the end. Lots of people died. Enormous property damage. L.A. will never be the same. Jake Gyllenhaal 
actor is dead. No, I'm did, not. Did, really. did, didn't they have some sort of like gun set up in a car that just started shooting wildly, and they point it towards some cops? And it was a, it was a. See, shit I didn't show. I didn't understand that. I didn't understand because that. for most of the movie they say we have to keep this cop who's in the ambulance alive because if you have a dead cop, you can't walk away from that. And so then later they send vehicles laden with explosives and stuff right into crowds of police officers. So they, suddenly, don't, they don't care about these. This is the fucking JV squad. They don't care about these guys. <laughs> yeah, it didn't really make a lot of sense. I guess at some, because they didn't really explain it clearly. I think it was more that the fact that they have a cop hostage is going to keep them alive because the cops aren't going to want to like come out at them too hard. But like, yeah, it didn't. It didn't really. It didn't really make sense. Also, I felt like having the the bad guys be cartel just felt like a little bit, a little bit like you know, this seems a little racist. Because then, like at some point, all the other bad guys who aren't Jake Gyllenhaal are Hispanic. You're kind of like, okay. Well, early on, we had this little crew. Yeah, there's a bunch of, but they all die immediately. You're kind of like, oh, here's a quirky guy, the tech guy in Birkenstocks. And here's a big angry beard guy who he's calling Mel Gibson for some reason. And they're all slaughtered at the bank. They don't make it out, folks. And you're thinking, wow, okay, what are they going to be doing this whole time? But then it's just, it's just Jake Gyllenhaal acting crazy in this ambulance. What the fuck are you doing? What the fuck was that? <laughs> what was that? I, I went to a page to look up the plot of the Danish film, The Ambulance, and there was a commercial playing on that page. Should I, should I hit you with the plot of the... Hit me. Hit me hard. Two brothers commit a robbery to pay their dying mother's medical bills and are forced to steal an ambulance during their getaway. But unbeknownst to them, the ambulance has a dying heart patient and a hospital intern in the back. So do you feel that version is better? Or do you think the changes they made it for an American audience? A dying intern? A dying heart patient oh. and a hospital intern. Okay. Like, so less less police-oriented. And they commit the robbery for their dying mother's medical bills. Well, Michael, don't they have, don't they have like, pretty decent... Healthcare in Denmark, so <laughs> felt more realistic in the U.S. that someone's getting fucked over for insurance. Well, the big change is dying mother as opposed to a dying wife, right? And also another big change seems is more. It seems more. I'm not uh, the person in the hot in the back of the ambulance in the American version was put there by one of the brothers, right. and in this version, they just happen upon them. They didn't. They didn't do it. And also in the American version. Their father is a notorious bank robber. That doesn't seem to be the case in this version. So what are your comments? I don't. Views? I don't. I I haven't seen it, so I don't feel like I can judge it based on those small changes. I don't know. You have no opinion. I have no opinion. I've drawn a complete blank. I've flatlined. I think the Danish version sounds more interesting. The stakes seem a little bit lower and yeah. more realistic. Yeah, I can see that. Seems a little more chill. Yes. And maybe something that you could almost see happening more. I think in uh, America, in script notes, people always say, oh, heighten the, the, the stakes, make it more personal. And it seems that's what they did by making them bank robbers with a crew. 
and with a notorious father. And oh, the person in the back of the ambulance is a cop. They shot themselves. That seems a little bit sillier than what I, uh, this plot. What do you think? I I think that's fair, you know. But at the same time, I kind of would prefer to see a, a big, dumb Michael Bay movie with explosions than you know a thoughtful meditation <laughs> on on uh, uh, that the other one seems to be maybe more providing. <laughs> Someone refers to it as a low key thriller. Okay, I mean, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's good. It certainly sounds interesting, but yeah, I'd, I'd never heard of it. I just figured they were ripping off Boomtown. You think everybody rips off Boomtown? Anytime you see a story about police officers, you say, hey, didn't they get this from Boomtown? Wasn't Boomtown there first? I just wish they'd had the Boomtown guys in the background. Can't they give them that? <laughs> Come on. You also felt that one of the chase scenes in this film took place in the Los Angeles River. Just like the first episode of Boomtown. You know, once you watch Boomtown, it's like it never really leaves you. Once you sit through the entirety of Boomtown's run, damage is done. It's indelible on your soul. Damage is done. You're not the same person you were when you started that process. And, and let's be clear, no one should do that. <laughs> But we did. There That's were... what you wanted to do with your new wife. That's what you wanted to do. I said, let's watch one episode. And you said, let's watch them all. No, that's not true. And we had the season one set. You said, Kevin, maybe the season two episodes are on YouTube. Can you check? Can you? Can you? Can you? Didn't go down that way. At every night since... As soon as you fall asleep, instead of snoring, you let out the gentle harmony of the Boomtown theme. Why don't you sing that for us, Kevin? I hear it enough Treat as Treat us it with is. your dulcet tones. You guys can't see it because it's a podcast, but there's actually a single tear running down Kevin's cheek right now. Got a misty-eyed look as he looked off into the distance as that song played. That's an iconic song. No, it's not! Why is it not? What, what makes that song iconic? It just sounds so ridiculous. It sounds like an opening to like a nature documentary or something. Reminds me of the song, the uh, like the eyewitness video, like about different topics. They had one about like skeletons or sharks or all those like ones for kids. Sounds like sounds like an opening to that. That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. 
Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available on digital. Crowe portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. You know, we've talked about my enjoyment of kind of big, dumb action thriller movies. Do you tend to enjoy that? I enjoy a program like, say, 24. Yeah. So, yes? <laughs> uh, twenty. One thing about 24 has a lot of action, uh, but because it has a TV budget, they can't do nonstop action. And this movie was like nonstop action. And after a while, that does become a bit exhausting. It does, actually. I, f- I feel tired having watched this. Yeah, you came home, you curled up on the floor when we put a <laughs> bowl of milk in front of you. What am I, a cattle? <laughs> the fuck? Yeah, it's 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 a it's it's a lot. But I think like if you enjoy those kinds of movies, then you'll probably have fun at this one. <laughs> Going out on a limb. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's it's a pretty it's a pretty okay film, in my view. I have no regrets. About I'm not watching. a I'm not a Michael Bay like aficionado. I. You know, I didn't. I didn't. I, I never saw Transformers. I never saw anything like that. I thought Pearl Harbor was, you know, stupid to the point of being offensive. But I, I dug this. <laughs> I did dig this. So what made those movies bad in your estimation? I never saw. I never saw. I can't uh. shit on Transformers because I never seen them. I just never had the interest. You generally like this type of film. I, it's a big dumb action film, so yeah. I think those can be very fun. Uh, when we left, you were highlighting the fact that uh, you felt that a lot of the effects were practical as opposed to CGI. I think a good number of them, there were there was some real stuff going on there. It it felt less CGI. I mean, there's CGI too, but I I, I generally felt it seemed less CGI focused than other films we've seen recently. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say. But much more so than like something like Uncharted. Right. Are there other foreign films you'd like to see Michael Bay remake? <laughs> Michael Bay's Philomena. No, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, Michael Bay's The Sorrow and the Pity. Michael Bay's Parasite. <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I don't know. There's not a lot to say about this, ultimately. It's kind of just like one of those like kind of quick fast food burgers that you consume and you're like, yum, and then you don't think about it ever again. <laughs> so are we done? What were we thinking? <laughs> Can you justify us doing this in a mystery podcast? I mean, I think the novelty was that it seemed so much like Boomtown, which we talked about because it was a police procedural. Well, it was kind of a thriller. Yeah, it was a thriller. And police were involved in it. Police were involved in and it. And they were like tracking someone down. It was a kidnapping. Hostage crisis. 
bank and robbery. And Boomtown is your gold standard. And you and you made the case that this film had several elements from Boomtown. I have a question. Well, no, it's not less a question, more of a command. Yeah, I'm used to that from you. We tell us how this ends. Tell us how it all goes down. Just summar summarize the plot. So at the end of the movie, uh, the the EMT accidentally oops shoots the good brother. Oops, hate when I do that. Uh, then tries to save him. Uh, she thinks that's how you and I met. <laughs> when you accidentally shot, I me. shot you instead of your bad brother, and then I had to save you. <laughs> uh, then instead of saving him, she believes that he has died. Which I thought was interesting because she's a professional who's used to dealing with people who do, in fact, die. And she says that this is it. He's dead. He's gone. He's flatlined. He's history. He's like Marley's ghost. He's out of here. He's he, There's nothing of him left. Call a cab. He's gone. He's done. She actually, You're quoting her dialogue pretty expertly, so I'm impressed. And then, so that gets the bad brother upset. And so he's going to shoot her, at which point the good brother comes back to life and shoots the bad brother. Is that basically how it yeah, ends? Yeah, that's basically how it ends. And then we're treated to then we're treated to Kevin's favorite part of the movie, where then we have a flashback of the two kids as little boys playing playing uh cowboys and shooting each other and it's it's a little on the nose, Michael Bay. <laughs> Dying in front of each other. But he doesn't die. The good brother no, doesn't die. No, the good brother ends up getting to the hospital in time. And then... Although the police are prepared to let him die. Which was kind of really callous, and that, that seemed like a choice. But the EMT says, no, we got to save him. And they say, eh, okay. Yeah, the, the, the police, including the FBI agent, are, at, you know, you know seem like pretty motivated professionals at first. And then that last scene, they're just standing around while this dude dies in front of them, and they're all like, eh. See, aren't we led to believe, aren't we supposed to have a great deal of respect for this EMT's professional abilities? We could say she's the best EMT in the city of Los Angeles. And she shoots a guy and then says he's dead when he's not. Okay. And, he, and he's going to be fine. I'd like to see your lawyering abilities when you've been taken hostage for a day. I think we can cut her some slack here. Also, it, she, her job isn't to shoot people. But I think it was reasonable for her to pick up a gun when they're dealing with a situation where all these bad guys are trying Key to get her. part of her job is to tell whether or not people are alive or dead. He's bleeding out. She's dealing with equipment that's been running all day and has been through a lot. I don't. I do not blame her. I think you're nitpicking this woman who is a professional when you shouldn't be. If she's the best EMT in the city of Los Angeles, I pray to God. Uh, I never accidentally shoot I'd, you in Los Angeles. I'd like to I'd like to see you being shuttled around in your big lawyer van all day and then maybe you you know write a few briefs and maybe make a few errors in those and then then you can you can talk about this. I just I think I think you're being too harsh on this woman. I think she's not very good at her job. What else about what else other than that one mistake? She kept she did literal surgery on a cop, took his spleen out of his body. Which, frankly, I could have done without. I didn't. I don't want to see that shit. Uh, what about at one point in in the movie, 
she is in contact with the FBI agent, and he says, okay, you should get docked. Oh, yeah, this was stupid. This was my criticism of, of her actions here. So he says, you should dock because we're going to try to take these, these guys out with uh, a sniper. And she goes and she warns them. So is that someone whose intelligence and professional capabilities you respect? It seems like a character doing anything to get the plot going, keep the plot going. So in this case, oh, we got to keep the plot going, but we have to show the police almost getting them. I wasn't impressed with that. So what? tell me some of your observations. I feel like I've shared all of them. It's a boomtown clone with lots of real explosions that I enjoyed. And it's kind of just a dumb action film. There's not, you kind of have a feeling that, you know, the good guys are going to survive and the bad guys are going to get killed. You're not like too worried, but it's a little bit stressful to watch. Some good guys get killed. The dog dad gets killed. That seemed unreasonable. But the, uh, the little cop who gets murdered or gets almost murdered does end up surviving against all odds. And then at the end, he, even though he was technically shot by the good brother, he tells the police that he was, uh, that was the brother that saved him. No one wants to see that guy go to jail. He's just hes just in over he, his head. He's going to go to jail. Oh, he's going to jail forever. He's going to jail for a very long time. Under the felony murder law, he is, if he agrees to participate in a felony, which he did, any crimes or murders that take place during the commission of that felony, he is legally liable for. So by that way of thinking, it doesn't even matter whether or not he's the one that pulled the trigger on the police officer. And right. what about all the other police officers that got killed and all the property damage? Could they make an argument that the actions of that cartel mob group could have, they were kind of acting as their own thing and they're the ones who did the wind but were, up card. But weren't they brought into the conspiracy by the brothers? By Jake Gyllenhaal. So would it have been better for for the good brother to, if Jake Gyllenhaal had been alive at the end, because then he could have, like, pled out to testify against Jake Gyllenhaal? I think he, he's, he's not going to... He's fucked no matter what. He's not going to take another uh, breath of free air in his life. That's fun. What a fun way to end this review. So what's your five-star final take? If you're expecting... A great art film. Don't call 911. If you just want to have a good time, we've got a ride for you. I'd say that while it was hemorrhaging logic, Ambulance didn't need a defibrillator to be electric. Thanks for listening this week. I'd like to give a special thanks to Kevin T. Greenley, who's no relation to me. He's the guy that composed the great music for this podcast, and you can find him on the web at kevintg.com. You can follow us on Twitter at mystery to me that's mystery underscore two underscore me underscore and at mystery to me podcast on facebook and instagram and you can always send us recommendations and feedback of any kind at mystery to me podcast